Hey guys, welcome to the Cool Christian Nerd Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Centeno. On this podcast is where I get to ask questions like the nerd that I can be, looking to learn from the cool Christian nerds I know around me that have something to teach. Now let's dig in. Well, I'm excited about today and this interview you're about to be included in. I'm here with my good friend, Deuce Branch, also known as the ambassador. Man, this guy is a church planner. He's doing so many great things for the kingdom and traveling and and just being a mentor to so many people. And today I thought the topic we would talk about is the Christian ministry, music ministry, and the just the music industry in general. And so let's get us started, man. How you doing, Deuce? I'm doing good. Doing good. Uh, man, it's, you know, this is what we do. This yes. is what we do. Uh, I'm glad that the Lord has brought this uh, opportunity to pass. You know, we've been trying to do it for a minute. Right, and, right. Uh, and it seems like all of these topics that we're going to discuss today um, keep overlapping and intertwining uh, for as long as we've known each other. We've yeah. met each other at, in ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, we continue to grow in grace because we uh, loved um, the way we participated in ministry using our own unique contributions. And then the Lord providentially has allowed this to go on for so many years with our families being family. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm just glad to be here. Yeah, so true. I mean, we are good friends and our family are good friends. And that's a rare thing to find in ministry. Uh, sometimes it'll be the husbands and sometimes it'll be the wives, but to have the children and everybody else involved in each other's lives. Excellent, right. It's crazy. Right. <laughs> even being able to maintain that from the distance. So yeah. anyway, we're here live and I thought of nobody better to talk about this because we just end up talking about this stuff. Anyway, it, just, it comes <laughs> it up. Spills with, out, it spills right? out. And it's like, man, this yes. is just, I think this is something for a broader audience. Correct. We have this cool Christian nerd community and these are definitely one of the subjects I wanted to hit on, and you're the one I think can really speak into this. Mm-hmm. And I know it's going to be provocative. I know yeah. it's going to be provoking, mm-hmm. but it needs to be talked about. Yeah. We yeah. we are here to learn and get mm-hmm. better at some stuff, yeah. and we need to exegete the culture. Yeah. And it's the Christian culture and in the the secular culture. Yeah. And, uh, Christian ministry or the music industry or ministry mm-hmm. in general just needs to be talked about so people know how to navigate Correct. through this. And you have great experience and great insights about this. So yeah. let's do it. I mean, yeah. let's start with just the defining Christian music ministry. And then if you can talk about what it is, just, you know, general music industry and how you mm-hmm. distinguish the two. So I'm going to zoom the lens out even a little further to just general Christian ministry. Uh, ministry is, of course, words changing their meaning, like they mean one thing, but the way people use them, they start to take on what we call a semantic range. Uh, ministry means service in the Bible. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's what you're pouring out on behalf of someone else. It's not mainly what it gets you. Uh, of course, today we think about a ministry and the way ministry uh, supports me or the way ministry supplies my needs or the way ministry, the way I serve has profit for me. That's really not the emphasis of ministry, not mm-hmm. Christian ministry, because the Lord Jesus Christ is the blueprint. In uh, Mark chapter 10, verse 45, he says, the son of man didn't come to be served, you know what I'm saying, but to serve right. and give his life a ransom for many, you see. And that's the blueprint. Uh, Paul, the apostle uh, in 1 Corinthians, he says, 
uh, chapter four, he says, this is how somebody ought to, uh, how to, ought to perceive us right. uh, as servants of Christ. Stewards, that's not an owner, that's a manager of somebody else's. Stewards of the mysteries of God. Uh, this is, um, so this is really the basis of ministry, period. Yeah. So if we're going to call it Christian ministry. Um, and then there's the Christian music ministry, which seeks to use the music platform mm-hmm. potentially as a way to serve, to serve the agenda of Christ mm-hmm. for the well-being, for the, his glory and the well-being of people. Yeah. People who have music plugged into their veins, people who put music into their souls by the, what they listen to. Uh, and so I always looked at the Christian ministry as something slightly distinct from the Christian industry. Yeah. Industry is about production, mass production, getting the supply out to the demand. And the, so when Paul says a steward must be faithful, one could say the industry must be profitable. Mm, you see, yeah. like one of the things that makes industry driven is its ability to create profit. Mm-hmm. You know, we call it the industrial revolution. Mm-hmm. It was when they took craftsmanship, which takes time and you can only do but so many. Mm-hmm. And you put it through a machine that can give you more. Yeah, yeah. The industrial revolution is how do we take the, the what we do and get it to as many people so we can make as much as we can make. Right. And sometimes serving people becomes secondary to serving the bottom line, which is the profit. Right. It doesn't have to be, but sometimes, often that's the case. Hmm. So what I like to say is there's Christian music ministry and there's Christian music industry. One prioritizes the people and the agenda of Christ. One prioritizes the maximum, the maximized profit margins. And uh, it's hard, in the mm-hmm. words of the Lord Jesus, you can't serve two masters, right? right? It says, you'll love one, despise the other. Mm-hmm. He said, let's just get down to it. You can't serve the agenda of God. You can't serve God and that which is about the prophet, P-R-O-F-I-T. He says, you love one and you'll hate the other. Yeah. If you love a prophet, God will be in your way because, you know, you, he's over your shoulder. He's like, I demand best. I demand first. Yeah. And you're sort of annoyed with him. If you serve God, you're thinking about his sacrifice, sending his son, dying, giving up everything. And so that's like messing with you because that makes you look at people and say, Dang, I can't get them for all he's worth because the, 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 the perspective or the example of Christ is hovering over me. Mm-hmm. You know, Second Corinthians 5 says it's the... The, the example of Christ that provokes us to do likewise, to give our lives instead of give, like using ourselves or using people. Mm-hmm. So that's where I start with it. I start with defining Christian ministry is the serving people and serving the agenda of Christ for the sake of God's glory and the benefit of those you're serving. Industry is it's about mass production mm-hmm. to make a greater profit. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. I think industry is a good thing. I don't think there's anything unchristian about industry. I don't mm-hmm. think there's anything unchristian about making profit. Mm-hmm. The Bible also says that. It says if you have a talent, don't give me the talent back. Right. <laughs> that talent should produce something. It should produce expanse. Right. Uh, uh, but I do think those two, if you're not careful, can butt heads. Yeah, it's, a, it's two different value systems. Value systems. Yeah, so it's the value of the industry versus the value of the ministry. Yes. So there's artists out there, and that's what we want to talk yeah. about, the yeah. music ministry and mm-hmm. artists and what have you. 
And they might be in this place where they're wondering, am I called to secular mm. or am I called to sacred? Mm. How should people navigate through that process to determine where God is taking them? And, and so we're talking mm-hmm. mostly to a Christian audience. Yeah. There are Christians that are battling with that. Right. So how does a Christian, not just anybody, uh, how does a Christian navigate through which one that they should move into both for the purpose of bringing God's kingdom agenda, although one might be more subtle than mm-hmm. the other. Right. Like, how do, how do you help right. somebody navigate through which yeah. one? Yeah, um, so interestingly enough, my recent project, it's, it's, it's over a year old, but it's my, my the, the last project I put out, a music project, was called When Sacred Meets Secular. I used to think that sacred and secular clashed, and, I say, and sometimes they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are also times when... when sacred meets secular. In other words, that which is dedicated to Christ or dedicated to our Lord meets up with something that's just a free agent. I'm just doing my thing. I'm just a fisherman. And then you encounter Jesus and he says, drop your nets. Well, he didn't say that. He just blows your mind and you drop your nets. Mm -hmm. He says, follow me. You see what I'm saying? Uh, But why can't I just bring my nets along? He said, I'll make you fishers of men. So it's impossible for the sacred to meet the, I mean, the sec- yeah, sacred to meet the secular. And the secular say, I'd like to do what I'm doing secularly, but I like to do it according to the values of the sacred, mm. the thing that's consecrated to God. And so I think that you can't make somebody do that. So you say, what is God calling me to? Mm-hmm. I think a person needs to commune with Christ and he knows how to like light your heart up. Mm-hmm. so that you want to do one more than you want to do the other. So mm-hmm. I used to just work, regular job, trying to keep a roof over my head. But at work, I was always witnessing. Mm-hmm. And I was actually a bad employee mm-hmm. because the like, like when I was at the bank, my job was to stack these, what was it, files, something like right, that, right? right? But I'm over here like I got a file in my hand and I'm talking to somebody about Jesus because my heart was just stirred for that. Mm-hmm. I said, Dad, Lord, it would be nice if my industry or my job was to talk about you. Right. So music became a way to accomplish both. Um, I think people need to ask themselves, what are you passionate about? Mm-hmm. What, what could you pause other things in order to do? God, if God's calling you, he gives you an overwhelming desire for his work. Mm -hmm. Sometimes rules of industry feel like a a constraint, a noose. Ah, I wish, and you can say, I don't even care about the money. I just want to get this message to you. And sometimes you can almost say, I'm willing to forego the money. Now, God often gives you the money anyway. Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of times he gives you the money anyway. Um, so I, the, I, my, my answer to that is there's no there's no one way, no one size fits all. But for this answer, it starts with an overwhelming desire for his agenda, even at the risk of personal loss to yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. Deny yourself. Follow me. And um, if but then there are other times when like going out into the world and being his light um, is also on the table and you're fueled to like make sure that the quote unquote the secular marketplace is saturated with things. You have to navigate a little differently when you go out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that God puts that on people's heart too. Mm-hmm. And the question is for Christians to be honest mm-hmm. with themselves and then walk in it encouraged, right. walk in it confidently. Yeah. 
real talk for me, sometimes I am concerned when people actually have a desire to go into secular mm. and they say, you know, Excellent. I believe God is calling me to that. To me, I, I, I feel like those in the scripture, they didn't have a desire to go to secular, but God pulled them into that. Right. You know, you think of Daniel. He didn't want to be in Babylon. But he was pulled into that. Esther, she didn't want to be. She got pulled into that. They get pulled into that, and then God anoints them in that place and sets them up to be effective there. But I don't see people, like, chasing after those Excellent point. Let me make a caveat based on it. You're right. Mm -hmm. But there's a difference between secular, meaning not explicitly of a religious nature, and the secular that's basically sinful. Mm-hmm. Like Babylon in the Bible is not just neutral, neutral, like I'm not religious, but I'm right. just, again, I'm just, de- I'm a dentist. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, my thing is about good teeth, mm-hmm. right? Right. Not for the glory of God. No, just mm-hmm. for the sake of healthy hygiene, mm-hmm. right? So it could be secular and it not be sinful, right? Yeah, yeah. And Babylon is sinful, uh, Esther. Though Persia was pulling her into a, a, a sinful society, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that when I say uh, the secular, I'm assuming it's it's something that's under God's reign that's just good. It's part of God's goodness, common mm-hmm. grace to all. Mm-hmm. And somebody said, hey, I don't necessarily want to go into the quote unquote full time ministry. I don't sense that pull. Mm-hmm. Um, and so without that pull, I find myself just a regular person on the Ave. And then I'll see something that's considered, quote unquote, secular. Mm-hmm. Do you say, I want to play for the Sixers. You see what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There's a way to play for the Sixers, right. but do it as a believer for his glory, mm-hmm. doing something that. And that's what I mean when I say if somebody says, I don't feel pulled this way. So it leaves me as just a generic citizen in a place that's not that that has stuff that's neither good or bad. It's amoral at the time. Yeah. Then you get in and you must bring Christ to bear on it. Now, I'm with you. But then a dude says, I want to go and I want to work for, or I want to join something that's inherently sinful or godless, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So back in the days, we had an opportunity to link up with a guy who worked for Bad Boy Entertainment, mm-hmm. right? Now, inherently, Bad Boy is letting you know what it is. Right. Bad Boy Entertainment, mm-hmm. right? right? We said we could never link up under Bad Boy mm-hmm. because we're a cross movement. Which is an antithesis. So in other words, God ain't calling you to work for somebody who lets you know we're about the bad. Mm -hmm. Not about the generic. Not about the neutral. We're about the bad. Yeah. Playboy. Uh, Again, something that's out for secular radio stations that only play godless music. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, you mean God has called you? To serve an agenda that lets you know from the gate it's about what's bad. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, Nicki Minaj is, you know, she wants me to come and she wants me to be her road manager. So I'm going to do her road managing for the glory of God. And every night she's going to give me a freak show on the stage. Mm-hmm. God's calling you to that. Right. You know, so, so I think in that sense, God is like not calling us to the sinful. Right. So I was just making that distinction when I say the secular. for the dude who says, hey, I just want the type for this guy who, you know, who's who's doing traffic tickets. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be a receptionist because I like organization and mm-hmm, da, da, da. Mm-hmm. You know, that secular yeah. that's just generic versus that. Yeah. Well, good distinction. And so there's people that have crossed over from mm-hmm. yeah, music, mm-hmm. uh, ministry, uh, Christian ministry to the, the industry. Yeah. Uh, how have they been doing from your point of view? Uh, 
so they'll be mad at me. But I'm, 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 and to one degree, I, I comment as one who's fallen back a little bit. So, um, but I've had several like peaks behind the veil. Mm-hmm. The guys I know that have like they started saying we want to trumpet the reign of Christ, the person of Christ, the work of Christ in a industry that lets you say whatever you want, mm-hmm. like right. quote unquote secular hip hop, lets you say whatever you want. Now, they'll, they reserve the judgment on whether or not they're going to applaud it, buy it, stream it, flock to it, right. or whether they're going to discard it as, eh, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and, we, you know, so there are dudes who start off saying, I want to champion that, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then one day their talent gained them the ability to be uh, embraced by the world. So they thought, like I think they thought... The world would embrace me better if all this trumpeting I'm doing for Christ would go from Christ to more generic things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what we mean by crossover, of course. We mean the person who goes from that sacred or that I want to explicitly put Christ in the atmosphere, his values, his ways. I want to talk about him if I talk about him. If I talk about marriage, I want to do it from his perspective. If I talk about just grinding and, you know, and doing well, I want to do it from a biblical perspective because that's true wisdom. And, and then they go and say, hey, I'm going to go over to the side where you're not allowed to say that as freely. Yeah. You must always couch what you say in the most generic of terms. Mm-hmm. And over there, God has allowed a slice, a very marginal slice. Yeah. Uh, there's a New Testament scholar named D.A. Carson, and he has a book called Revisiting Christ and Culture. And he says secularization is not necessarily anti-religion. It's marginalizing religion. He says, now it is anti, like it can go there, but before secular goes to, I hate religion, Mm -hmm. it usually begins with just scoot it to the side, move it out of the public spaces, keep it in your heart, keep it on a Sunday, keep it in that building over there with the cross on it. But this is the public square. Yeah, almost make it like a hobby. Right. It's like, yeah, yeah, you could do that on the side. On the but side. This is not the main. And it's not, it can't thing. be the main. When it's the main, it feels too religious. Mm. And um, I say all of that to say um, now that dudes have seen that the world will not allow religion to be central, mm-hmm. will not allow Christ to be central. They say, I'm a crossover in that realm, and therefore I'm going to play by those rules. Mm-hmm. Which, again, we think that's a, ah. It's a step down, but let's just say a person says, I'm going to go over, they cross over. What we find is what I've noticed, what I've observed, other than people I know. Mm -hmm. They don't just go over and turn down their explicit representation of Christ. They usually realize that that doesn't work. The embrace is still not what they want. They turn up things that would get them. And usually they have to look at their former community and they have to almost part with them. In other words, this is, this is my critique. Somebody could say that's not true, but I've even felt it. There's a lot of animosity or shade that's thrown to their former world to convince the world that there are no threat to them. Right. So the world is like, I don't know. You like one of them Christian dudes. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, 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 I'm not like them. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not like them. 
There's a movie. Don't anybody go see it. I won't even give them the name. There's a movie. The movie was about a young guy. It was one of those. Um, yeah, well, it was a young guy. Mm-hmm. And the young guy wanted to be accepted by the gang of the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And the gang would come over and said, you can't be in this gang. You like him. And it was this basically this corny guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and you like him. He said, I don't like him. They said, well, then beat him up. So he would beat the guy up to prove to the gang, I don't like him. So they would like him. Right. When they left, he did like the guy. So when they, the gang left, he would play with the guy. Yeah, yeah, switch it up. He would switch yeah. it up. He would play with him. And they and they, all through the movie, um, they kept coming back. And they would catch them playing. They said, aha, you <laughs> like him. He said, I don't like him. They said, well, prove it. Beat him up. And he would beat him up. That happened. Mm-hmm. It turns out that all of that hostility made the dude who got beat up turn into a psycho killer. Wow. <laughs> and he killed everybody later. That's why you should not be watching this. <laughs> right. So don't, they don't know the movie. Uh, that's one of the foreign films. But anyway. Uh, but I say all of that to say um, it feels like when people cross over. They get a, they get hostile toward their former world. They don't just go over and, and bless their former world. They don't like, oh, man, but I got some dudes over there that I used to roll with. They're nice. I got some dudes over there that, man, praise God, they're serving the Lord with all their heart. And they believe in approaching this thing. It's never positive. Yeah. It's never. It's, it's negative. I've, I've, I, and I'm going to say you say never. Never is never, never, almost. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, but it's so seldom and that's what I think has happened. And then they fight themselves because they're in a battle. Yep. And so they're, they, they, look, they don't look at peace. Many of them don't look at peace. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I say the way they're doing is they're rising in terms of their sales and their stock. But something is diminishing. And I think this goes back to what Jesus said when he said you can't serve the both. You will either love one and despise the other. Mm-hmm. So you can't serve God and money. Uh, you'll love one and you'll despise. You would think it would just be like you'll love one, you'll love the other less. That's not what he says. He says you'll love one and you'll despise the other. Wow, right. You see? And it feels like they, there's a despising that's going on now. Mm-hmm. you like, mm-hmm. but wait, we weren't. Like, do you? Yeah. Why are we bad guys now? Right. You know, so um, I have a I have a, a pessimistic view and uh, uh, I've experienced a negative experience with the crossovers that I know personally, not because I see them negatively, but it feels like they see, quote unquote, me and others on this side negatively. And I just don't understand that outside of that passage where Jesus says, can't serve God in money. You'll, you'll, you'll love one and you'll despise the other. And I feel, I feel like we're despised by them. Right. And it's just, it's sad. But then what happens, you know, with people who cross over, mm-hmm. when the world still does it and spits them out, yep. they come back. And we're here. And then both. <laughs> right. <laughs> and we still here. Wow. Exactly. Wow. It reminds me, the picture I got in my head is the picture of like King Saul and like where he was found and the opportunity that he got. And then, you know, he rises up to stardom, but then this fear of man comes on him. So he starts performing for the masses. Mm-hmm. He starts to switch up some messages. And then, and then, and so, and then it creates a tension between him and the men of God in his life. And uh, and mm-hmm. how, as a result of that, he ends up being in this place of torment and conflicted in the soul because Correct. what got him there uh, is has been like 
removed, the whole foundation of what got him there got removed. Mm. And now he's playing God because he has the fear of man. And so it is mm-hmm. the, the dichotomy of fear of man versus the fear of God. Which one are you going to more honor and respect out Absolutely. of all that? Absolutely. So let's keep it moving. Yeah, um, keep it going. Because keep going. I think some of this stuff with, in the, the crossover, we were talking about how maybe some of the cause of that and some of the things that are going on in the individual, the psychology behind it or what have you, is that maybe these guys didn't have like solid discipleship, um, a solid core, solid you know upbringing, maybe... In their talent, they were, they're sped up in the process that the rest of us had to endure, and the process served us for the 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 long term, where they didn't get the opportunity for like the cement to dry. So no cement is drying. They're they just moved along mm-hmm. because talent is yeah. is is more yeah. uh, significant than the actual character. Mm-hmm. So when artists are not being disciple. And what does that turn into right. if they're right now in the music industry, maybe contemplating industry? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. That's that's spot on. Um, music is a platform affair. Music is it's a platform. Mm-hmm. And because of the performance of music, which brings it to life, that's a platform. So your music is a platform and the music puts you on a platform. Right. And uh, we're in an era of platforms. Mm-hmm. Platforms or whatever is, is what everyone is seeking. And discipleship is often... Now, discipleship is learning. It requires somebody modeling and messaging something that forms people. Mm-hmm. And what happens, you're right. There are those who sees a would-be disciple but prematurely throws them out on the platform. And anyone who's on the platform actually sort of becomes the Pied Piper. They become the teacher by default. They may have need of teaching, but they are brought in to be the teacher. And I've seen this countless. There are names right now I'm thinking of, whole names of people who I know never were discipled. They were, I've talked to them. They They will make it clear. I just, I put out a hit and churches started calling me up. And they call me up to lead in this way, lead in worship or lead in, again, be the the encourager of the students that needed a discipler. So they were mm-hmm. like, hey, they'll listen to you. Say what you're supposed to say to people like that. Right. But they themselves had it had never really taken root in themselves. But there's money in being the discipler, mm-hmm. <laughs> not the disciplee. Mm-hmm. And so I think that what happens is when people are not discipled, they... Um, they stop seeing themselves as a disciple because the sales and the streams and the downloads and the clicks and the followers mm. make them seem like they're the teachers, mm. not the students. Mm-hmm. They begin to believe it. Subtly, they're like, I'm the guy that has to put out the tweet that shapes people. I'm not being shaped, though. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the guy who has to go on that stage and talk. Uh, I'm sure Kirk Franklin wouldn't mind saying this, but... Um, Kirk Franklin's first album, um, the reason why we sing, uh, God, uh, Kirk Franklin and God's Fit, uh, what was it? Um, GP, are you with all well, this? Well, right before that, the album okay. before that, the one with Reason Why We Sing. Um, um, all right, but anyway. Right, right, Kirk Franklin and the Family, something like that, right? <laughs> yeah. Right, The Reason Why We Sing. The album is a great album, um, but then he had two albums, three, uh, his third album was two albums later, The Rebirth of Kirk Franklin, right? Um, 
The rebirth of Kurt Franklin is a different Kurt. The first two, he would say is a rebirth because the first two, he, what, he was on the rebirth. People thought he was on the first album and even the second album. Mm-hmm. But even he would admit what I was for the rebirth was like was something more like what I wish I would have been on the first two. Yeah, yeah. And but but you couldn't tell anybody there was a necessity. There was a there was the need for a rebirth on the first one because the first one the church loved it. It was um, again that song was and humongous. And embraced too, like by absolutely outside, even Christian. Even the way that happened is crazy. But right. So everybody's like, man, look at this gospel dude. Man, look at these gospel people. Yes. Man, look at this gospel. It's you're rich as this. You're the expert. Yep. And so you hitting stages from that point forward. Now, Kurt just was, um, Kurt, Kurt wisely tucked up under Dr. Tony Evans, a passed out in Texas, and again, was, was, was continued to be discipled. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, but that's rare. But I just, I just use that as a point to say, um, he was thrown on the stage to be the man and needed a rebirth. Right. You see what I'm saying? Um, and I say all of that to say that a lot of these dudes are not discipled and they need to be discipled and they need to stay as disciples. But the industry says, be the expert. Yeah, and almost sober yourself up that even though you might be getting the accolades, stay in your lane. You, you, you're not an expert on theology. You're not an expert on politics. You're not an expert on, like, but the fact that they're going there and doing that and have the audacity, it's the hubris. You know, you get a little bit prideful <laughs> mm-hmm. and all that. And I believe it's equivalent to what Uza did when he reached out and touched the wow. arm. Wow. It's like you're actually, wow. because the stage and the platform attracts glory, mm. But if you go there and you begin to touch that stuff, you're it's it's you're you're gonna there's gonna be the deterioration. Mm-hmm. There's gonna be things that begin to get lost because you have the audacity to reach and think things and touch things that were not yours to touch. Right, right, right. You know, right. And I, and I have seen that phenomenon. Why are these artists? Why are these actresses? Why are these people thinking that they can Just. communicate and talk about all those other things and almost be people's pastor? When you're more of, right? You're the jester. You're not. The, no, I'm just saying. I might have to edit that out later on. But well, let me give you one that's scary though, mm-hmm. because there is a sense in which now some are saying that, but not for the not out of the humility. In other words, now people are saying, "Don't look at me as the pastor. Don't look at me as the Christian artist. Don't look at just look at me as an artist. Just look at." But it's not because they now are saying, "You know what." I'm not the pastor. I'm not the discipler. I need to be a disciple. That's not. Right. It's to release themselves from the higher standard that you place right. on them. So it's like... Charles Barkley. Remember right. when he spit on the kid or whatever? He's like, I, your kids shouldn't be listening to me. You parent them. Right. And it, it's totally irresponsible behavior. And that's what's happening. A lot of dudes are like, hey, you know, if you want a sermon, go to your pastor. Well, you still have the ability to make a sermon, in quotes... Your, your raps can be sermonic in that they can have the nutrients of somebody who's really walking with the Lord. Um, or there's one dude recently that just started off cursing up a storm, right? And somebody said, what's going on with you? He said, see, that's your problem. I'm not a Christian rapper. Mm-hmm. As though if you're a Christian rapper, yeah, you shouldn't use this language. But if you're just a rapper, go ahead. Right. Right. And 
So it's almost like, all right, I don't want to be the pastor. I don't want to be the minister. I just want to be a regular rapper. I go to church. I have a pastor. But now you've you've used that to lower the standard people hold you to, um, the 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 qualifications of 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 elder of, of overseer in um, for in the pastorals in First mm-hmm. Timothy and Titus, right? The qualifications they say they're really just the qualifications of just a solid man, mm-hmm. right? In that case, like they say, hey, you know. It's nothing. Extra- they said the, the the thing that's extraordinary about the pastoral qualifications is it's nothing extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Now again, it takes grace for you to measure up. Yeah. Just any and everybody doesn't measure up, mm-hmm. but it just goes to show you that it's something that you can as- aspire to. So right. in other words, you shouldn't say, "Well, I'm not a pastor, so I don't have to be the husband of one. I don't have to be a one woman man. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not a pastor. I don't have to manage my house well. Yeah. well. I'm not a pastor. I don't have to like like not be drunk and like in other words." You don't have to be a pastor to meet the qualifications of a pastor. Yeah, yeah. You know, or to live up to that standard. You don't have to be a Christian artist to be a godly man who uses his art Christianly. Right. But again, this is what happens when... Yeah, kind of casting off all Right, casting off. Like, whatever. So, money changes people, you know? And so, some of those who have crossed over, how does money... And I'm talking about crossing over from... That hey, I started over here. I'm a like I'm a Christian artist, or you know now I'm doing this for the kingdom, or I'm over here in the industry doing this for the secular audience. People don't realize how money changes them, and how that can begin to pull out areas and pull into their lives compromises that might have not been there if money sort of didn't come with it. Uh, talk about that. You know, what is that seduction of what we would call mammon, a seduction of money. Money in and of itself is not wrong, but the things that you would do to attain it, acquire it, maybe even not even lose it. You know, what, what do people become as a result of that? Mm-hmm. Well, again, this, this money is in the Bible, is rec- is, it's, um, it's referred to as almost like an idol money like the the love of money is the root of all manner of evil mm-hmm. um money well we know that money just amplifies who you are right yeah and um but it seems to change people because it holds before them this promise that it can get you something but i think we were talking earlier and you were talking about but the things it can get you can't can't fill you, mm-hmm. can't fulfill you. Right. You know, and you know that that old poem. You know, it can buy you a home, but I mean, it can't it can buy you a house, but it can't home. buy you right. a home. Right. You know, it can buy you this, but it can't buy you that. You know, it's right. these things that, um, and um, so, I just think that the change, you know, the the the, the change that we see. And I think that the, the, the answer to that question just really revolves around uh, money changes you because when you don't have, you make you, you plot life a certain way. Mm-hmm. In the Bible, like to not have the sort of quote unquote resources, you may be more prone to be dependent. You may pray more. You may build relationships more. Mm-hmm. Um, you may reconcile relationships because I need that. I value this. Um, 
Money makes you think I have the access to the things that most people chase mm-hmm. in vain, but they chase. And it makes you less inclined to, it makes you less inclined. Recording. Yeah. Um, makes you less inclined to, to, yeah, that's okay. He can. Mm-hmm. It makes you less inclined to, uh, to forgive, less inclined to restore, less inclined to be humble, less inclined. And that's what, again, it really shows us what we were committed to because of the pragmatics. Like, that's just what I was because at the time, my circumstances and what you're committed to. So I don't think it has to change us. Yeah. But it, you know, but but we do see that when people get strong, Mm -hmm. they begin to live differently. Yeah. And um, I just think that uh, the industry... Um, I think the industry gives you the promise of the money. The money gives you the illusion of the the like the things that we chase, yeah. and the things that we chase gives you the illusion that it will fulfill you, yeah. and not just fill up what's around you. And I just think we need to um, just be aware of it. Yeah. So I think there's I've heard this talk before, and we we've talked about this as well is how people are looking for these key artists, these mm. people that are out there, that they have the platform, they have the notoriety, and they're praying for them, which I think we need to be praying for them. So that's not even, that's not even something that you take off the table. However, in wanting to get them or see them save and praying for them, uh, I... I don't know if sometimes in the mindset behind that is that it would legitimize the faith that we adhere to, you know, that we aspire to. So they're like, ah, if this person gets saved, you know, that would be awesome. And they might even think about the audience and the fans that they have. They will all come flooding into the kingdom and they would all like, yes, now the world's hero becomes our hero, you know. For doing that. And so wanting them to cross over and getting their fans to cross over and then legitimizing our faith. What what do you think about that whole mm-hmm. concept? It's not about mm-hmm. praying for people and praying for people who have platforms and all that stuff. I believe we should do that. But, you know, the, the thinking behind what it's going to do. Uh, if that's a my message tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm preaching tomorrow on Gideon. Okay. And... You, you nailed it. How we would do things and how God would do things is different. So I remember we were talking and you were talking about David. Um, you were talking about David who had been proven in the shadows, mm-hmm. to use your phrase. And you said that God brought him on the scene. He was already here, become something. Mm-hmm. And then the lights were on and we saw what he had become. But nobody thought that he was who he, he he showed himself to be because they were thinking differently. So Samuel, who's called a seer in the Bible, saw the firstborn, who was a military son, right. who probably from the outskirts looked apart. Well, right. we know he did because God says man, God doesn't look, doesn't see as man sees, right? right? Um, and he said, surely this is the Lord's anointed. Mm-hmm. Again, he looked at the military son. He looked at the firstborn. He looked at the son and said, you can, in Stevie Wonder can see mm-hmm. this is the kind of person who can help this kingdom moment. Right, right. And God said, nope, I've rejected him. Mm. And he went through all the sons and 
But think about it. David wasn't even invited in, which means that when Jesse heard they're looking for a king, right. Jesse didn't say, hey, go get David. He's out with my sheep. Right. Tell them they're looking for a king. The father, Jesse, David's father, did not think he's king material. Right. Just like we wouldn't think, again, certain people are kingdom changers like yeah. this. Like we would think, like you said earlier. Madonna, if only Madonna, if only Jay-Z, if only Drake, if only we could save these, like the people who are on top, if the Migos get saved, mm. you know, the way they're like setting trends, because we see them with different eyes than right. God sees. Right. And we think, like you said, we think it legitimizes the faith when actually the Lord Jesus says the symbol of the faith is not the crown. The symbol of the faith is the cross. Mm. Now, again, the cross is not the end. The crown is the end. Right. But in terms of like when we when we like what's become the symbol of our faith is a cross. Now, it's not a crucifix. It's not a cross with Jesus slumped on it. Right. We don't have a Jesus is not on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, for right. the Christian, we're not looking at the Jesus on the cross, freeze frame him defeated. You know, he got up. But the cross is the symbol because Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, let him take up his cross and follow me because the the the. Christianity is marked by its willingness to 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 see victory through um, through humility yeah. or, you know, life through death. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, yes, I think that the world we're worldly. Mm-hmm. That's the bottom line. We're worldly. Right. And what we say is give us the best and God will say, give me the available. You know, wow. uh, you know, they, it's the saying he doesn't call the qualified he qualifies the called, right. you know, he doesn't right. seek you out because you are what he says you are. He seeks you out and then he makes you what he says you are. Right. And so, again, I'm, I'm going to be preaching on that, you know, and uh, he gets so much more glory well, that's from it. that. That's it. It's the glory. Mm-hmm. It's the way God wants to do it. I said, I said, you know what? Give me the give me the 12 unlearned men. Mm-hmm. I know there's 70 70 high-profile dudes with connections called the Sanhedrin, mm-hmm. made up of Pharisees who know the scriptures and Sadducees who are politically in the in the know. Mm-hmm. They run Israel. If I just snatch a couple of them, then we can turn this nation around. Mm-hmm. That's not what he does. He goes to some fishermen. Mm-hmm. He goes to a tax collector. Mm-hmm. He goes to some rioters. He even picks up Judas and uses him, and he's mm-hmm. called him a devil. Mm-hmm. And he, he walks with them. And he turns the world right side up through right. those cats. We got we to stop sleeping on God's means and right. God's ways. He's still doing it like that. Right. Is the point. It's like right. he hasn't stopped using that. That's the one thing that didn't change from the Old to the New Testament. He still, <laughs> still. used the least likely, the are-nots, the ones that we don't consider wise. He's using them to do those things. And so we I'm continue one. to pray yes. for those people that are out there and have the crown already. Right. But like, I like right. how you said, we're trying to crown the crown. We're, it's like, they already been crowned. You're trying to throw another crown on them. Like God is looking for the ones who will take Excellent. up the cross and do Excellent. this thing on their way to a crown. Excellent. Yeah, yes. Right. Yes. That's it. Yes. So we're preaching to each other over here. Soon. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. So yes. last couple of uh, questions is, um, what do you want to trumpet to the Christian ministry artists that are out there maybe they're in the tuck maybe they're in the shadows and mm. they're seeing all these other guys do their thing it's like well maybe that's the thing that god is doing maybe that's the new wineskin model 
And so they might be in that place where maybe I just need to use this as a platform here in the churches and in the youth groups and in these different things that we do until we get over here. Um, what, what do you want to trumpet to the Christian ministry artists that are out there that are either doing it or aspiring to it? It's this whole podcast, really. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm trumpeting, um, that God has a way. Um, you know, he has a way, and it's the antithesis of the, the industry way and the, the secular way, for lack of better terms, and um, that they should know that he knows where they are. Again, go back to Gideon, where God's find him. He was hiding away and on top in a wine press, right. doing what you need to be out in the open. Mm. Um, and the, the Bible says the angel of the Lord came and sat under the tree. Uh, where Gideon was, Mm. and engaged them. In other words, God knows where you are. You don't have to make it. You don't have to establish yourself. Mm. You don't have to, like, compromise. And this God will bring you out, and he will find you, and he will make you who you need to be, and then he will put you on his trophy case, a trophy of his grace for his glory. Um, So I really, I'm just, I'm just saying like, join those of us that, uh uh-oh, like that have that John the Baptist mentality that says Mm -hmm. we must decrease, he must increase. It's hard because this industry says I can make you, I can make you famous, Mm -hmm. I can make you rich, I can make you. And the Lord Jesus says, take up your cross, I can lead you to Calvary. Where you'll die and resurrect, though. And I don't know how to make that sexy. I don't know how to make Mm. that appealing. But I can promise you that there's only one who got up from the grave never to go back and offers life because of it. And um, then Jesus says, I come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. He says, I give you quantitatively better life. I give you qualitatively better life. You know, Mm. I give you life that won't end, but I give you life that's truly life indeed. so that, like you said, you won't be sitting on a stack of millions and then hang yourself mm. from a chandelier. Mm. You know, uh, mm. you know, I was, I was, I, when I, I used to look with almost envy at Anthony Bourdain, because mm. I looked at all the food he was eating and the places he went and said, "I wish I was eating what he's eating, and I wish he was going where he's going, mm. and I wish people knew me like they knew, like they know him, right. and that he commits suicide." You see what I'm saying? Right. He commits suicide. Like, so I trumpet this way right. that we're talking here yeah. and say, please, he knows where you are. He comes to get his people. He comes to get you. Like you said, become who you're becoming in the shadows and yeah. obscurity. Right. He always comes and gets us. Moses wasn't checking for him. Right. But God came to Moses in a burning bush. Yeah. Joshua wasn't checking for him, mm. but Moses scooped up Joshua. And then God said, Moses is dead. Your turn. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, David wasn't checking for him. He was just handling the sheep. And they say, get David. We won't sit down until you bring him in. And God said, that's the one. You know, the disciples weren't checking for him, but Jesus stepped into their boat while they were cleaning their nets about to go home and say, honey, you know, just use the fish from last week. And, mm-hmm. and and Jesus said, hey, throw out your nets for a catch. He comes and gets us. Yeah. And then we have to embrace his version of success, his ber- his, his version of wealth, um, his version of, of, of satisfaction. 
and artistry and all artistry, those other yeah. things. Yeah, everything. Yeah. Everything. Exactly. Look, Jesus outfished the fishermen. He can out artist the artist. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Jesus out taught the teachers. Yeah. He can out artist the artist. Yeah. That's the thing. He comes on the scene and he's he's better than you and whatever. You think that you're better and stronger because he's been doing it longer like a veteran. That was mm. uh, back in the days I had a song. Uh and I was like, yo, this is the like God is known to whittle your stash till as little and then he multiplies the little you have. Like these these little nuggets of he's better than you at what you're doing. Yeah, you yeah. know, and uh, but sometimes he says on the greatest catch of your life, but don't 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 give your life to that. Yeah, I'll make you fishers of men. Wow. Now here's the thing. Here's the here's the scary part. They all died martyrs. Right. They all died except John. They all died a ugly death. Mm. But Jesus says, though he die, yet shall he live. And the apostles, we have the letters. Their death sparked the faith of Jamie, mm-hmm. the faith of Deuce, mm-hmm. the faith of my brother Bruno Giamba, the faith of my brother Hezekiah. Again, these, these faithful ones, all from a dude who didn't keep fishing, but became fishers of men. Yep. John 17, I don't pray for these only. I pray for those who believe because of their word. Mm. Here we are now. Think about in the light and all these places that are filled with believers because of. Now, yeah. when God is at the Bema seat where he's dishing out the true evaluation of what's worthy of. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, the Grammys and the what's his names. And God is like, that which was for my sake and my glory and for man's good will receive the just compensation. Yeah. Um, what you all have now is pennies. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. There's no way that somebody didn't get something out of this or a million things. <laughs> this was such a great podcast. I'm so glad for Excellent, the things that you expressed man. today. Yeah. I know people are going to be blessed. Last thing is, how can people connect with you yeah. through social handles or whatever? Yeah, have you? yeah, yeah. I'm at Ambassador215 uh, on all of them. And that's Twitter, the, you know, the gram, um, Facebook. I'm Ambassador215. So those are the primary ones right now. Um, and I'm ambassador215.com. It's, it's being refurbished, but uh, yeah, just, just check for me. I'm about to get a lot more active and enjoying this, just flooding the market with these perspectives. So yeah, ambassador215, all my handles. There you go. Check them out, guys. Check out those handles. He's uh, ambassador doing his thing for the kingdom and uh, appreciate you again, man. And until yes. next time. Absolutely. Blessings. Thanks for joining us, and that's our time for this week's podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the Cool Christian Nerd Podcast, where you can get your digital discipleship fix. Till next time.